time for the Any Conversation Podcast With funny man Damian Lemon And the voice of your choice, Ali Muhammad This is Damian Lemon And this is In The Conversation, the podcast Yes, yes, we are back Another, another week in your ear Ali Muhammad is out He will be back soon but in the meantime, in between time, we got a guest. We have our in the conversation political correspondent, former White House digital engagement director, founder and CEO, and host of the Hip Politics podcast, founder and CEO of Hip Politics. I want y'all to give it up for Cameron Tremble. Cameron, what's going on? Damien, what's up, man? Chilling, Going man. on, doing well. I'm chilling, man. It's been a minute since we had you on the mic, man. How you been? I've been great, man. Catching up on all, all you guys are still on uh, my must listen every week. Um, thanks for that T-shirt, that merch. Um, I've had a few questions about that over the last year or so when people have seen me rock it here and there. Um, so hope that hopefully that drew some more listeners and fans. But uh, I've been good. I've been good. I've been staying busy. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Yeah, no doubt about the tea and all of that. I'm glad you're out here rapping. Um, yeah, man. Glad to have you in the building. You know, uh, <clears throat> obviously, your purview is broader than just politics, but you are our go-to politics guy. So there's probably going to be some things that I want to ask you about because we're about, <laughs> you know, a little over a year out from the... Uh, from the presidential election, things are heating up, you know, or starting to heat up. So I'm kind of, I would like to kind of get your gauge on, you know, the landscape and if we want to go ahead and uh, put our picks in, see, you know what I mean? See any predictions <laughs> and such, we can get into that. But um, shit, man. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Fuck it. Let's start there. Let's start there. How do you feel? Politically, what do you think is shaping up for 2024? How do you, what you, what's your predictions? What do you, what should we be paying attention to as voters, as people as just, you know, watching everything go on? Yeah, give me your take. Um, I think the take is, uh, it's been heating up. You realize, I'll start with the, the Republican side. They had their first presidential uh debate mm -hmm. royal rumble minus trump if mm -hmm. you notice that was a in retrospect i think that was an extremely savvy move for trump to not even be there but be constantly discussed and then he did a follow-up interview on twitter or x with carson uh with with tucker carlson carson tucker tucker carlson mm -hmm. afterwards where he made some wild assertions but um and you you see it has like some hundred plus million views who knows there, there's a lot of debate if the, those are real or if elon musk and, and x goose those numbers but um trump is in the news constantly you know what i mean he's got more indictments than more indictments more indictments all around the country than pretty much anybody. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. I don't think he's going to beat any of those. And if you saw, if, if cats are paying attention to what's going down in Georgia, 
Um, I got mixed feelings about about the the Georgia the Georgia DA because she's the same one that has YSL, you know, Young Thugs group on RICO charges, but has brought up Trump and RICO charges. But she got the famed mugshot photo, which Trump immediately turned around and turned into millions of dollars in donations mm-hmm. with 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 a in, with a full merch line, like it was an album rollout. Yeah. Um, if you see that picture, I, I know he practiced that, but um, I think this is going to be one of the people always say this every year. And I think due to where the country's heading, where the world is heading, it is actually going to be one of the more, most most important presidential elections in, in recent years. Um, we're facing a lot of issues we never had to face before. Um, is it even legal or, or how can one of the main candidates be up? on charges and be going through court cases like felony court cases, federal and local court cases and investigations while he's running for president. Um, there's so that's something the country has never had to go through before. Right. Uh, in, in addition to that, we do have our oldest presidential election again, which I know a lot of people feel some type of way about. Um, but I think something people should be paying attention to. We should be paying attention to these Republican debates as that as that field continues to sharpen and dwindle over the next over the next several months. Um, you've got a few minorities running on the Republican side, which is probably a first in terms of having you got Vivek, and then you've also got um, Tim Scott and Nikki Haley, all the three minorities running that are viable candidates. Um, so I think people should be paying attention and listening to both sides. And you've got President uh, President Biden and Kamala Harris really turning up the heat. They've been dropping ads, uh, dropping ads all over the place, kind of touting a lot of um, what the Biden Harris campaign, Biden Harris administration has been doing. I think um, obviously I'm, I don't want to say I'm biased. Obviously, haven't worked directly for the campaign you know, and for the White House and administration, but now. Uh, kind of being on the outside here, politics is a nonpartisan uh, both company and organization. Uh, we, I think our only political party is really hip hop and was hip hop's generation and the culture's interests. But I do think um, a lot of the narrative is being lost on both sides. It kind of feels like people don't want any of these, any of these options. Hmm. You, you, you see that in some of the polling, but um I will say the Biden Harris has has definitely put out so much money, so many different um, so many different policies that have worked. But it's the narrative that that's hard, you know, cutting through and breaking breaking the feed. So you so people are seeing all the good things instead of pointing out to what they wanted him to do or what they wanted the president to do or where is Kamala Harris? Even though I would say fair to say she's all over the world and all over the country every day. It's just what people want to pay attention to. It's not not quite as sexy as when Trump was president and he's saying some wild, crazy shit every day uh, that that the news is reporting on. So um, I think people need to really be paying attention to the policies. I know it's not as it's not as fun. It can be a little more dense than like a quick Instagram post or or 15 second TikTok video, but policies in that. But I think it's going to come down to. If the if legally he's allowed to run, I think Trump is still going to win. I if I had to early poll, I would say it'd be it's going to be a Trump Biden rematch. 
Mm. Oh, you saying so Trump's going to win the primary? You're not saying he's going to win the primary. presidency. Or what do you think? You think no, he's I think win if, the if, if no, no, nah. I think if Trump is if Trump wins the primary, mm-hmm. I think Biden definitely beats him. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, and we both sides have to do a lot to get enthusiasm up because people feel like they've kind of seen this show mm-hmm. before. But uh, I do think Biden can. Biden will definitely be Trump. I think Biden can beat any of them. Mm. Um, okay. Having having been with the president and been around the president up close and personal, I think what people the narrative is in painting like he's kind of got, he's gotten away from the sleepy Joe, especially what you see going on with Mitch McConnell and so many other older uh, older senior political leaders and how they and his freeze ups and. Who knows what's going on with his health and, and so many others. I mean, I, the president is astute and sharp. I've been in direct meetings with him and so forth. So I know he gets it. Sometimes it, sometimes people just want to, you know, maybe wanna, they want the gas. They want the memes. They want the funny stuff of him falling and things. To That's what lights up the internet. <laughs> I but, mean, come on. You know I mean, he fell up and downstairs. Yeah. And, and fell off the bike. Damn but Yeah. Yeah. But, I can tell you he and the people he's put in, in, in place in the cabinet and around his senior advisors, like I said, they've been able to push through more money and policies that'll be long-term effective than, I won't say any president in history, but definitely in recent years. Like you said, he's not the sexy choice. He doesn't get, he don't get the people going like, like an Obama would or like even a George H.W. or Clinton does, but I would say he's a legislator. And so sometimes we need, we, you just need a legislator. And this time, and at times like this, we both need a leader and he is a strong leader, but we, we need a, we need the policies in place. Okay. Uh, and all that's been going on. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, you know, yeah, you, you did hit on something. I can only speak for myself, but you said it feels like it's broader than that. It definitely feels like there's a, a lot of fatigue as far as these candidates go. We feel like we've seen this before. Um, definitely you see the Mitch McConnell of it all and even some of the Biden gaffes or whatever it is, the question of, you know, should there be some type of age limit in this pol- this political realm? You know, that, that might be, you know, you know, looked at as ageism or, you know, it's been for... It's been unchallenged for so long, but it just there's certain things like your man freezing up like that is kind of crazy. But beyond that, like what I've noticed, and maybe it's just the fact that, you know, Biden is the incumbent and I don't know if etiquette or poor form or whatever, but like, are there any new vital candidates being developed on the Democratic side? Like, I see all these people coming out on the Republican side, and obviously it's a Democratic president, so they, they got to go get their squad together, you know, while they're away from the, the White House. But in your estimation, because you're, you know, you're up close and personal, and you see what's going on out there, are there any really, like, viable presidential democratic candidates that we should kind of keep our eyes open for ears open for over the next you know next couple terms that are coming up in the ranks that we should kind of have an eye on 
I think we start at the top with uh, Vice President Kamala Harris. Um, she's she's been at the highest levels of government in terms of uh, in California, district attorney. She's been a, a U.S. senator. She's been the vice president and ready to step in at any day. So I've the, those same meetings outside of some of the work we do with the president in terms of like filming on the digital team, we would film and different events. Um, any of these important means she's she's right there lock and step. So I think she understands both the country and the geopolitical system well. So you got to start with the vice president. That would be obviously historic if she were to win in 2028 first woman definitely first woman of color uh, to lead america um i think when you get to 2028 it's going to be a it's going to be quite an interesting uh democratic field um you've got you hear names like Raphael Warnock, uh, the senator of Georgia. Mm-hmm. You hear Secretary Secretary Pete Buttigieg, former mayor, and now Secretary of the Department of Transportation. He's one of my favorites in terms of having to sit and talk to him. He's a really real dude. Who I do not fuck with him. Some questions. I do not fuck with him. He's the <laughs> one that did that congestion tax. He's helming that whole congestion tax in New York City. I can't stand him for that. I'm sorry. That's just me, but keep going. I'm sorry. Keep going. That's just me. Oh, the congestion tax? Yeah, he's yeah. killing me oh, with that. Interest. Come on. But go ahead. Uh, okay. Um, another guy who a lot of folks are talking about that's extremely impressive would be uh, Maryland Governor Wes Moore. Okay. Um, some names you may not hear about, but as as much now, but could, could really, um, that are astute more middle of the road look down look to kentucky governor andy Bashir. um he's a he's a more moderate democrat kentucky kentucky is one of those weird states um where it's has it's had democratic governors consistently but will have also republican senators so statewide is here and there um i played in a race last year and was supporting uh Charles Booker, a young black man who was running, he was a Democratic nominee for U.S. Senate. Uh, Unfortunately, we weren't able to get him elected, but that really got me deep into the state and like visiting the state and seeing the politics there and realized Kentucky could be a place. Um, I'm hearing even uh, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer has been has been valued about Josh Shapiro, the governor of Pennsylvania. Even New Orleans Mayor Mitch Landrew, who now works in the Biden administration and is one of the coolest guys you'll ever meet in person, um, really has the, the, the retail rope line handshake politics down. Um, so you got a f- f- couple of the folks like that. And then there's that's not even account like the business people who may come out of po- who may not be politicians or electeds that may come out of the woodwork. But I think 2028. Okay. Um, is going to be another one kind of like 2020 was or the leading into 2020 where you've got or well maybe not 2020 but 2020 and 2016 where you've got both sides having so many i think president biden harris will win again and so that would mean both sides will have to go into a a contested primary season right Um, but that's so far out there's so many things yet. You're talking about 2028, and we just got to get through. Who knows what's going to happen in the next year and a half? So, 
Yeah. I think so much polit- politics changes with one gaffe, one scandal, one major policy win. You you just never know. Right, 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 right. Yeah. <clears throat> nah, that's cool. I appreciate that, that insight, you know, because I was definitely just looking around like, what's going on? Where's the, where are the Democrats? Like, who is in the bullpen? And you definitely pulled some names up. So there's some people that I hadn't heard about that I'm going to gonna look into you know so that's what's up man that's cool oh man what else is going on in the world i just world? i just tell Go i ahead. would say on that last point yeah on that last point we just got to keep people paying attention it gets the outside of just the fun and funny stuff we just gotta i'm always pushing for people to pay attention because if you're not informed if cats aren't informed they're not trying to keep up uh the decisions are just going to get made for you. Just, I'm just hoping we are, we get a little less polarized over these next few years and not just keep talking to the extremes on either side. But, Where would you point people to look to pay attention? Um, I would say, well, shameless plug, uh, the politics podcast. Mm-hmm. We talk about a lot of those issues. Um, but there's, there's, there's a lot of new news, new news sources on politics that I think are really cool. Um, punch bowl news. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're inside what we call inside the beltway, inside the DC, um, Politico and Axios are, are good news, quick bite news, brief sources, but they, they'll get you up to the politics of the day. Mm-hmm. I get a couple of those, uh, newsletters every morning. Um, there's and there's like I said some of those even the cut the skim like some of those will cover politics if you in terms of like giving some cultural context, but I always encourage people to to sign up to a couple newsletters and you'll, you'll don't treat it as spam. Mm. It comes in usually every morning and probably in ten or fifteen minutes you can read the headlines and like the summaries of like the mm. news of the day around politics nationally and locally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know most people are just going to pay attention when it gets close to election time. So yeah, just keep your eyes and ears open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that's typical. That's when the drama happens. You know, everybody, you know, everybody doesn't tune in during the regular season when, but when the playoffs and the finals come, that's when shit gets competitive. Playoffs and the finals. You know, <laughs> so it is what it is. But you know, if you want to pay attention, you just got a few places to look: hip politics, Punchbowl News. And a few other spots, so y'all y'all tune in if you're trying to stay on point. Uh, yeah, what else is going on? You see your man Prime Tom talking about. You see your man Deion Sanders out here three and zero with the uh, with Colorado. Have you been following the Prime Time? Uh, uh, what would we call this? His. Uh, his moment it of glory. Is prime time. It's prime time. It is prime time. It's prime time. It's prime time. That's literally all I've been watching these last couple of weeks. Like when you look at it, it's like he became the new LeBron James of like the sports reporting world. You know how like LeBron, anything LeBron does, especially when LeBron was more in the heyday of Miami, early Cleveland, every move he made on the court, off the court, is is going to lead every sports show. Anytime he says something, I think prime time. He's he's changed the game. He's taken he came in right at the right time with these NIL deals, the transfer portals, all of the so the, the the height of social media. And he knows he always says I've been him. 
I don't know. Have you been keeping up to his clips, like the motivational clips people are taking from the press conferences, whether it's Colorado or even when he was at Jackson State talking about Mm -hmm. you can't you ain't make me so you can't break me. Uh, Some of his pregame and postgame speeches like he's the best. He's the best behind the podium when it comes to, you know, the postgame press conference. Like he's killing press conferences. I mean, he's always been. He's always been uh, one. I mean, when he was a cornerback, when he was in the league, and when he was, you know, out there, he was about he was about a highlight reel. But he talks shit. It reminds me, kind of in the way of take me back to like Muhammad Ali. You know what I mean? When you see the light on you, and it's so funny how taken people are with black confidence. You know, like it still feels brazen, even to black people. People are like, wow, he believe in himself, you know, and I think it's contagious. And obviously it's being clipped up and repurposed and repackaged for people to kind of, you know, to pull some some adrenaline from or some motivation, some inspiration from. But, yeah, he's a he's a beast. He's a beast. And it feels as though it feels like a movie. Like, I really would love to see him go undefeated this season just feels like this it feels like a disney movie on a certain level just the the writing and the the suspense this last game you know the whole you know i typically whatever the other coach said i typically take my glasses my sunglasses off and my hat off when i speak to somebody it's like all right then it looked like he was about to lose that his mama and yeah yeah the mother thing the mother part my mama told told me me that yeah yeah then he brings his did you see his mom come in and dress the team did you see that clip oh no i didn't see all that see now everybody try to have a clip off yeah send me that send me that (laughs) but see that's the thing his mom go ahead go ahead go ahead talk about what's more i was gonna say his mom went in heavy he brought his mom in um Mm -hmm. first of all he had master p and the rock in the in the pregame in the pregame, like warm up in the oh. locker room. Oh, you mean Dion brought his moms? Dion brought his mom. Oh, I thought after you after that guy's. Oh, I thought yeah, you meant the other guy brought his mom in. Oh, okay, okay. So Dion brought his moms out. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Uh huh. And his mom was like, his mom said, "I always told you to believe in yourself, mm. but sometimes when you gotta kick ass, kick ass." And uh. then you hear you hear uh, in the background his other son Shiloh like. Yeah, grandma, I mean, we ain't having that. Yeah, grandma, we ain't having that. Hilarious. And everybody like, but the fact that she says, when you gotta kick ass, kick ass, mm-hmm. the team exploded. Yeah. The team exploded. He had his he brought he's he brought his mom in to hype the team up. So it's it's I mean Apple the fact don't that fall got fall. every yeah. no. Nah. Yeah, she she got bars too. Everybody, everybody and in you the saw studio. the glasses move, right? I you heard glass sunglasses move. I heard he sold what a million five sunglasses or something like that. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, something. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's doing a lot. He's doing a lot, and I, I think you know, it's, I think it's it's all exciting until his loss. I hope he go undefeated because it feels good, feels great. Everybody's excited. Everybody's excited, and it was also funny to me too. And maybe I'm a few weeks late on this because I, you know, whatever. I talked to friends of mine in the group chat. But it's funny how, you know, sometimes all you got to do is win and, you know, the fans will come back, you know, because people, there was there was a moment where Dion was a little polarizing. When he left Jackson State, a lot of people was kind of throwing in the towel on him, calling him all types of names, sellout, this, that, and the other thing. He done left the black children, you know what I'm saying? And he done sold a dream and abandoned, the, you know, all of that shit. 
and I went over here to this white program, and now you don't really hear that no more. Hmm. I don't know. It's just interesting. It's just interesting. Again, like, let me say this. I'm a casual when it comes to sports and all of this shit, so I just pay attention to, like, the drama of it all. And, you know, like I said, Dion is the current king of the press conference, so he's giving you a whole lot of slick shit to talk about. But, um, you know, it's exciting. But right now, I'm, I, I like it. I, I'm hoping that they go as far as they go. I hope they, they win the whole shit and go undefeated. That would be beautiful. But uh, we will see. We will see. I don't, I, the, 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 the hard part about it with college football, uh-huh. I'm, a, I'm a big college football fan. I come from, I was raised in Ohio. Ohio State is, gotcha. was my unofficial team. I was, I was in Cleveland, raised in Cleveland when they got taken away and became the Baltimore Ravens. So that was right when I was in high school. So I, I adopted and Wait, adopted what happened? Ohio Wait, State. say it again. What, did, what happened? I don't know if you remember this. Back in the day, in the late nineties, uh-huh. uh, it was an art owner, Art Modell. I remember his name. Yeah, he tried to get he tried to get a new stadium built in Cleveland. We had a real old raggedy stadium for the uh, Browns. By uh, for the Browns. Okay. And <clears throat> excuse me. And he didn't get the whatever the money from the city it didn't pass. I was in high school, so I was casually paying attention until uh-huh. it became real that, hey, I'm gonna move the team. If you don't, so they moved the Browns, I believe in 96, 7, 8, fact, uh, viewers fact check me there. But in the mid, in the mid to late 90s, he moved the Browns to Baltimore and that's when they became the Ravens. So he was the first owner of the Baltimore Ravens before oh, the Bashadi family. Shit. Wait a minute. Hold on. So, hold on. Slow down for a second. Again, I'm a casual. They all know this. Wait a minute. There's no more Cleveland Browns. There hasn't been a Cleveland Browns since the 90s. No, 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 no. All right. The Browns, in, I'm look, looking it up. Browns in the 96 season left. Uh-huh. And then we had no team. There were no Browns for a few years. Okay. And they became, the, the, that's they when became the, the Ravens. Baltimore Ravens, uh-huh. the Ravens started. So then a new team, a new owner came in and then they restarted the Cleveland Browns. Gotcha. We had the Cleveland. So we got... Um, okay. we got the we have the Browns, but we've just never been we've never been really good since then. Right, right. Um, but I I'm I brought that up as a point. Those couple years are right when I'm starting to follow football mm-hmm. in high school, mm. uh, in early high school. So the our de facto team was the Ohio State Buckeyes. Right. And then right. I had some people from my high school go play there. And and luckily, Ohio State is almost is good is like top three, four team right. in the country every year. So I've I've always like when people say what's your football team, it's like Ohio State. Mm. And like, did you go there? Like, nah, but I'm from Ohio, mm. and everybody rides for Ohio State. So I follow college football through the eyes of Ohio State okay. and who they play. And but I'm still a casual. But the, the thing about, as it applies to Dion, man, mm-hmm. he got to win because when you lose one game mm-hmm. in college football, especially if you lose it against an unranked opponent, that's yeah. why it would have been disastrous if he'd lost to Colorado State. Right. All your momentum is gone. Like the likelihood of you going to a championship, game, national championship playoff is kind of out the window. And, you know, Dion's got Oregon and uh, USC. The other guy, um, Caleb Williams, is mm-hmm. a cold quarterback. I've been seeing him on. He must be getting a lot of money because he. I haven't seen him on commercials. Isn't an ideal 
NIL deals must be crazy because mm. I've been seeing him on a lot of commercials. But uh, he got them over the next two weeks. And so if he loses to one of them, which people think he will because those teams are ranked way much higher and considered mm. to be a lot better. Right. I'm curious to see if, are people still going to be on Dion and slandering mm-hmm. Dion and slandering the team? Because it's like, hey, I mean, if they do lose, I mean, or USC is like number three, number four in the nation. Oregon's right. in the top ten. Right. So it's like technically those teams should win, but it's so he he's yeah. Dion's smart to get all this hype now before he before he does or before they do win, but. Right. Do you believe? That's what he said, you know. Do you believe? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, nah. He know how to sell it. He know how to sell it. And shit, you know, I feel like prior to the Mayweather era, you know, there was, and I still think there is uh, value. And not value, value is not even the, the virtue might even be a better word for it. But there's, there's some virtue in rebounding from a loss, you know, like, you know, we you know, like if you look at boxing before the Mayweather era, it was never it wasn't always this desire to go undefeated. Obviously nobody wanted to lose, but some of the best fights were rematches, you know. So if there's a up you know, if you if you go if you fall and you come back up, it's damn near just as dramatic. You know, if you just win and win and win and win and winning you know what I mean? Some people could kind of, I don't want to say, I mean, I think in this one season, if he went undefeated, the shit would be amazing. But uh, after a while, if you just somebody that's just winning, 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 people caught the, they start to feel like, oh, well, that's just what they do. You know, so maybe there should be a little bit of drama in this all. So we'll see. Do you believe is the question. Do you believe? Cam, do you believe? And I believe. Okay. I believe. Okay. I mean, I well, believe. Because you, I mean, you ain't sound I, like I'm it. I'm trying you to find like them you... sunglasses. Oh, okay. Are oh, you trying to find the sunglasses? About to buy you a pair? <laughs> I'm trying. I'm definitely. Those sunglasses are, are, are crazy. I mean, I believe that Dion is Dion. no less than two. Dion in Colorado, because I think he's going to stay in Colorado at least for another year or two. Mm-hmm. I think he is no less than two to three years away from competing for a national championship. Mm. I mean, Okay, I, I, I'm 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 of the belief. Like I want to I want to believe I, that it's gonna he's gonna go undefeated. If he did, it's the perfect Disney movie. Yeah, and everybody's gonna get everybody's gonna eat and get paid. But even if he loses a couple games and they don't go to the championship, right. but they do go to a bowl a bowl game. He's got a narrative, and think about what he all all he did in one year in terms of all the transfer portals and everything he had to do he was rushing to leave jackson state and then jump into this now he has a full recruiting year talking about he can go into any any home in america people know who he is and then everybody wants to play for him he connects and look he's he's raising the profile of so many of his star players because i mean you got shador you got the uh two-way guy that got hurt travis hunter mm-hmm. his son his, his son uh Cam and Mace came up with a name for his son, Shador. They call him Tupac Shador. I thought that was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But he's, I've been seeing these, uh, you know, the little vignettes they do of like um, Saturday morning or Sunday morning game day around certain players and go into their, go back to their hometown. It was like two or three of his players that, that aren't, that weren't initially getting all the hype, got the little ESPN five, 10 minute segment 
about their hometown and how they grew up, where what where they used to play now, why they came over. So he can sell that to anybody. Like, man, I got KFC, I've got Nike, I've got sunglasses. He, he's going to have money for him. He's going to have star power for him. And then he's really about making them better men. And so I, I think I think anybody would be would be crazy to turn down a meeting with Dion. So if he gets a full year of recruiting and then not counting the transfer portal, he could probably go and like free agency, go pick up anybody who wants to leave from around the country. Um, they are only going to get better. Mm, yeah, that's true. That's what's up. <clears throat> well, we'll be and paying he, attention. If he wins the championship, if he wins the championship, crazy. oh my gosh. It's going to be crazy. You won't be able to tell that man nothing. Nah, you can't tell him shit now. So you already know it's going to be bananas. But yeah, man, we're going to be tuned in. We're going to be tuned in. Speaking of other uh, black sports, excellent. The Shakari uh, Richardson stories, is she's popping too. Again, I'm a casual. I'm just looking at the highlights. I just see it popping up on my algorithm going crazy. So yeah, shout out to her. Uh, she doing her thing. Um, but this is something... Again, black sports excellence. Did you know? Um, you familiar with the Jumpman logo, right? Yeah, of course, of course. The Jordan Jumpman logo, right? Now, do yeah, you course. know that photo in which Jordan was taking, you know, jumping, doing that that dunk? You know, he was wearing New Balances. Nah, yeah. where you hear that from? I mean, it's the truth. He was wearing New Balance of the shit. I'll tell you where I heard it from. Well, Joe Fresh Goods. Joe Fresh Goods is a, you know, snigger designer. Um, maybe even a clothing designer initially from out of Chicago. He's done a lot of cool collabs with New Balances, New Balance. And um most recently he's been doing this um he's done this little short run. I forget what it's called. What if? Basically, he was going through uh, a Life magazine. This was what year was this? This was years ago. Life magazine. They had there was an image in Life magazine captured, created by uh, Jacobus Co. Rentmeester. This is in 1984. Special a special issue of Life uh, ahead of the Summer Olympics in Los Angeles, and for the issue. You know, he shot photos of American Olympians like Carl Lewis, Greg Louganis, and Jordan, who played on the U.S. men's national basketball team. So basically, I think he had 20 minutes to shoot Jordan. And uh, he traveled to the University of North Carolina campus in 84. It was totally, you know, just 20 minutes to make images of Jordan. Jordan won. Jordan wore an obscure New Balance model in all white. Opinion is somewhat split on whether it was a, a New Balance 425 or 480. I'm quoting this article on this on Complex.com. Shout out to Brendan Dunn who wrote it. Um, but uh, long story short, Joe Fresh Goods is doing like a, a short run of the the sneaker. I want to say, is he doing the 480? What's the 480 he's doing? He's doing a little... No, he's doing a... um. A limited version of the 650. I guess he couldn't do the 480. But basically the um like the story behind the sneaker, because you know that every time people are selling sneakers, there's always a story behind it. And Joe Fresh Goods is kind of like one of the best storytellers 
when it comes to these sneaker collabs. He's had some interesting ones, fresh clothes, outside clothes, whatever. But this one is, uh, mm-hmm. the story behind that is, what if the story was different? So basically, just kind of alluded to the fact of, what if Jordan stayed with New Balance type shit? And the fact that most people, because that, you know, that uh, image, which it was a whole big copyright issue that went down, but that image is synonymous with Jordan, Jumpman, Nike, you know, that brand. But the thing is, the fucking sneakers he had on in that shot were New Balances. So I thought that was kind of crazy. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a little. A Did little, they really sue for that, though? Well, they tried to sue. Again, I'm reading the thing. There was a. I forget who. This is a silhouette. You don't you don't know what kind of shoes he got on. No, I don't think they were suing for that. I think they were suing for just using the image, you know, because the image was it was basically taken by this photographer, you know, and then it was traced the outline. So Nike allegedly borrowed the image, you know what I mean, and and used it to create the you know a logo. So if you're using my image to create IP. That's a lawsuit. You know what I mean? So if you're not breaking me off, you know? So that's what it was. Uh, da, 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 da. Nike's credit to Mecca was instrumental in uh, facilitated a payment. He got paid $150 in order to grant Nike limited use of the new, the two transparencies of the further. Da, 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 da. Uh, I don't want to read too much of this on the um, on the pod. Y'all can go on complex. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's ridiculous. Fifty billion dollars later. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's that shit is yeah. That's whoo-wee, That's offensive. But um, anyway, so you know, just a little, just a little factoid. But while we in the weeds on um, I don't say lawsuits, but images and people using images without uh proper permission. What you think of this whole Drake and Halle Berry situation? Are you familiar? Uh. Yes, and kudos to your transition game today. Oh, thank you, brother. I appreciate that. I'm trying out here. Go ahead. Slime me out. Slime me out. You heard it? You heard the song yet? I heard the song once. I wanted to listen back again to make sure it was as whack as I thought it was the first time I heard it, but um, I didn't get the chance. But yeah, the first, on the first listen, I was like, this, is, this ain't it. But that was the first listen. How do you feel about it? Uh... The slime me out, this first of all, the slime me out as a reference or as like a slang is is wild. Very pause worthy. I mean, that's this. But go ahead. Go yes. Ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, very. Uh, but that's this generation. That's how. I mean, there's a few other songs out there called "Slime Me Out," "Slime You Out" that uh-huh. I've I've heard. I think Young Young Thug might even have one. Uh-huh. The the picture with Halle Berry, I don't even remember that. Uh-huh. Um. But uh, yeah, I mean, your girl Halle Berry called Drake out, hit him with a subliminal, then hit him with a direct on on Instagram, saying his people reached out to her people asking to use it. Then he still, she said no. He still went ahead and used it. And I think he even, if if you look on like uh, streaming networks when you you listen to the song, that that picture is not actually used. It's just using a, a image or a cover art from mm-hmm. uh, the album that's supposed to drop this week. Right. Um, so he just posted that on his Instagram. But, you know, Drake got 100 plus million followers across every social media. So him putting a picture out, even if it's not the official picture, 
it's gonna feel like the official picture right um and and then she she came out of him and said it was a big f you i don't like drake um she said i, I don't like drake into, well she said somebody i think i'm not i'm not quoting it directly but something to the effect of when somebody who you admire yeah. Um. Basically, disrespects you, and 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 I know she used the term F. She said she took it as a fuck F-U you to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something. To yeah. That. Yeah. Go ahead. Um. And I get it, but I think all she did was make people want to listen to the song. Like you said, the song felt a little mid. Scissor came through. Uh. But those types of Drake songs are not usually the songs I'm listening to. <laughs> I um. I have some. You know what I mean? That that's not here. That's not him usually rapping or with the bars, even though he does have he sings some bars in that song. He makes mm-hmm. some he makes some clever references and mm-hmm. he got a couple good good metaphors in there um, in both his first and last verse. Uh, I had to ask a couple of my homegirls um, what they thought, because they're they're into more of the sing song R&B mm-hmm. um, croon, crooner Drake. Right. But it's like. I haven't heard anybody who's like, oh, I love this song. And, you know, SZA is hot, is super hot right now. So I was right. thinking like, oh, he got SZA on it. So y'all going to love this song. And they're like, I think it's more the uh, the topic matter. He's essentially talking about sliming a girl out or disrespecting and then like putting her on blast or, or utilize, using her and stuff like that. Using and not using and abusing, but using her. Um, so I haven't heard any, yeah, running through her essentially or calling her out, mm-hmm. putting her on front street. So I haven't heard anybody. Um, um, and I haven't heard anybody say anything that really, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Saying they really love it. I've heard like, oh, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. So hopefully when this album drop, it's, it's it, but. The fact that he just blatantly disrespect Halle Berry, all he did was bring more buzz and heat to and made people listen to a song that I think is mid at best. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, Halle from Cleveland too. So I thought I thought you was gonna hold it down a little stronger, but I anyway. Um <laughs> But uh this is I mean it's a public image. It's I get a public it. image. I get it. See, this is what I thought. I didn't realize it till you said this, and now it's it sounds like his people talk to her people. I thought it was more of a, he reached out personally and said, yo, I'd like to use this image. What do you think? And she said, no. And he still went ahead. Cause that's, that's foul. Now, if it's people talking to people, maybe shit got lost in translation, which I doubt, but he definitely pulled his whole, well, not really. I was going to say he kind of moved on his whole, don't ask for permission, ask for forgiveness situation, but he asked for permission and you know i guess he don't give a fuck then it was a thought that i got in my little fan fiction which i don't believe this theory pans out because i don't believe there's anything for hallie to gain from this but if this is just some little rollout theater you know this whole i asked you and you said no and you because this this album is what is it for all the dogs this way he gonna be on his dog shit you know he's sliming women out and shitting on them and all of this like this is supposed to be He'll turn Drake where he getting really leaning into the uh, the womanizer persona or whatever. So maybe this whole little back and forth with Hallie was like nobody safe type shit. And then after when the album comes out, they take a bow. They'd be like, oh, it was a sketch. But I don't think Hallie would, you know. I don't think Hallie down for that. Hallie ain't yeah, down for that. Hallie, Hallie got Hallie a fucking Oscar. She don't need to do Twitter theater. 
But um, that was exactly. just exactly, and he's not paying her. Yeah, he probably. Ain't I know paying he's not paying her. her. But this is another question I got. Well, this is the thing, and I listen again. I listened to Slimey out once, and um, and not even just that, but just as of late. Drake's been getting real punny on the mic. It's like a lot, a lot of puns. Like they're not even the illest bars. They just a lot of little puns, and it's like real, like real cutesy type shit. That's kind of like ah, uh, maybe I'm maybe I've aged out of it. I'm a Drake fan. I do fuck with the kid. I will say, I think Drake benefits from the momentum that he has created. You know, uh, I think. If we look at what's the last three projects, was it honestly never mind? Was the uh, that was like the dance music joint? Then dance hall. Dan- well, no, nah, no, nah, that was like more dance. That was like um, I mean not dance hall, dance yeah, like yeah, that, that like club, New yeah. Jersey club mix, yeah, club mix, all of that type yeah. of shit. So there was that. Well, CLB, Certified Lover Boy, um, and then her loss, and then her loss. And if we looking at the collective of that, would have. Well, people fail. I don't know if they they really talk about it a lot. It'd be a lot of mid on these projects. Be a lot of mid. There'll be a little bit of. There'll be a little. There'll be some remnants that are fire or okay that are saving. But collectively, when you go back, and maybe it's just me, and I'm, it might not just be just the Drake because I'm not. I'm not Johnny Heavy Rotation recently. You know, I listen to an album just to be in the conversation. Plug about what's going on with it just to be relevant to okay i heard it blah 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 it's been a minute since i've heard an album that's made me run it back run it back run it back but i will say the last few times because the drake hype is maybe only surpassed by maybe beyonce hype i don't know who else got that level of hype you know what I mean? I mean Taylor, Taylor Swift, Swift. Taylor Swift, but I'm not even putting her in that realm. But Taylor Swift, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. So there's a few people lives, that so are you saying he lived hype to hype? He lives he's hype. He he's, has to find it. He has to find an edge every time he drives something. I feel like he's been at least these last three projects. Honestly, never mind. I actually respect it because he took a chance on that one. Her lost, I gotta go back again. Uh CLB, I haven't gone back in a while you know what i mean but what i'm saying is i don't know if it's been an album to where it was like oh this shit is fire front to back like or predominantly fire this is me again i'm not the biggest drake fan but from what my own purview i feel like yeah i think he is living off the momentum of his hype and I hope that maybe this one lives up to it because that's what he's kind of leaning into he's got people saying yo now this one here and I don't know if I heard that before. I know, honestly, never mind. It was like, yo, I'm dropping this shit at the end of the week. I even believe the same thing for her loss. These were kind of like, yo, it's coming out immediately. CLB, there was a bit nah, of a roll. Nah, nah. Honestly, nah, never bro. mind was definitely, I, I'm dropping it next week. That was, a, I remember that. I was. That was honestly, never mind. But uh-huh. her loss, I think you, you got to go back and her loss was my favorite album of last year. No, like, what I'm saying loss, is. He I'm, got, no, I'm not saying, I'm not talking about the quant. We'll talk about that in a second, but I'm talking about as far as dropping it. Like, he kind of dropped it pretty fast. He was like, this is, it. he announced it with not much time on the clock. Whereas this one, he's been announcing it for months. And he's been kind of saying, yo, this one here? Nah, y'all, if y'all the fans that I know y'all are, you're going to fuck with it. Like, he's been really 
speaking this one up. Mm. I don't think he's been selling the last three albums like this. I could be wrong about CLB, but definitely her loss and um, honestly, never mind. They were kind of like, boom, here you go. Boom, here you go. Enjoy. Yeah, yeah, enjoy. This one, he's like, nah, nah, nah. This shit? Because he put out a book. He put out like, then he put out like a, a book. It doesn't matter like or some a, shit a like that. Yeah. 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 And he's been talking about, he, I thought this was supposed to drop in the summer. I think, I mean, I think gone are the days where people can drop an album out of nowhere and do the same type of numbers. Travis Scott just did it. He, he You knew, you had heard rumblings. He had an album coming, then it just came out. But and I think I think that's some rec- record label trick, you know, I mean, trickeration to save money on the rollout and the, and the marketing and so forth. But that's not meant for everybody. I I'm curious to if it's some behind the scenes in terms of related to his deal, like if he has to hit a certain number of of, of record sales or, or spins and so forth around this, so he can get a new deal. You know, what I mean, Drake. Drake in that. Did you see that freestyle he did? That uh, combination. C? <laughs> combination. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> combination. Yeah, yeah, That's all I remember from the whole <laughs> shit. Is combination. That's it. That says a lot about the freestyle. I remember he had a line in there like, "I got a two hundred. He's like, I got a two hundred mil debt, two hundred million dollar deal on the table. I mean, I, he could have been gassing it up and talking about anything. Uh-huh. But uh, he, um, I, I think it's. I think with this album, I hear you. Him hyping it up. And him doing more, he's been doing more press, mm-hmm. even though like the press was he did the conversation with little Yachty and not too long ago. He did the I'm forgetting the little the, the young white girl who was like a weird they're sitting in the bed. Oh yeah, doing yeah, that yeah. conversation yeah, and stuff like that. So he's been doing a little bit of a press rollout for it. I think it's honestly, I think we overthinking it. Drake Drake's team is so calculated. And he has so many cross promotions and he recognizes he on top. Even if the albums are mid, all he knows is he needs one or two mega singles that are going to that are going to get people talking. Sometimes those are the singles that come out before the album or right when the album. Sometimes those are the singles that the people choose, like Jimmy Cook's the song he did off of uh, Honestly, Nevermind. Like he Mm -hmm. he put out he put out that video where he was like trying to marry all these women i don't even remember what that song was called or what it sounds like like mm-hmm. that wasn't i don't know why he chose that one but the songs that stuck out were sticky where you start hearing that and then you hear the jimmy cook's record which like is the main radio hit mm-hmm. with him and 21 savage and so sometimes the people find the single sometimes they find the single i think this is something maybe i think it could be either related to the business or we might be overthinking it, and this is just drake Drake just doing something different. You know what I mean? Like he's like, you know what? Let me let me go about it this way this time. Like he's gotta he's gotta find way. Like when you're at at the top, you know how they say it's it's hard to get to the top, but it's way harder to stay at the top. And he's essentially been stayed at at or near the top since since his first album, definitely since his second album. So him constantly reinventing. It's not always about the music. It's about the moves. It's about the the the. the the barbershop talk is about who he's dating, who he's dissing. Then it comes back to being about the songs and the music. Um, it's about a stunt. Think about God's Plan. God's Plan was a good song, but the stunt of like, I'm about to give away a million dollars in my music video. Like, 
took that to the Grammys and that song and one of his highest charting records ever. Uh, and I would say if the video wasn't like that, where he gave away a million dollars, I don't think it would have been, that song would have been as big. So I think this is the controversy. I hear you on trying to, trying to jump from person to person and different, different things. I think, I think Drake is way more cold blooded than we realize. Like, so he's, he's willing to, he's willing to really push any button he can. And he's, and he's he's uh he knows he's at the top, so he's like, this is my thing. I can why not try something different? So I don't know. I, it's a lot of pressure. What you th- are you looking forward to this album? Uh, not really. I mean, I'll I'm gonna listen to it. <laughs> this is but this is the question that I'm asking you because you said we overthink it, which is interesting, right? Uh, and maybe maybe I'm like maybe I the narrative is different now. Maybe the conversation is different. Like I said, like I I'm not a active this is the thing that i've noticed about music as of late you know especially in the social media era it feels like there's if you're a fan there's no real it's not much critique like they used to be it's just a lot of standing and hating see the classic or trash it's either you are standing this shit or you a fucking hater the people like when there's a nuanced conversation of is this good or is this whatever, there seems to be not much tolerance for that, right? So my question is, because what I was saying, and it even goes beyond Drake, but we're talking about Drake since he has this album coming up. And to be fair, I'm not going to say that I'm not, I'm going to listen to it, but I'm I, like, if I'm looking at the track record, my expectations are in check, right? But my question is, are we at the point to where now, because you talked about all of the other ancillary shit, do albums even matter? Do albums even matter? And then my second question for you is, what is your album of the year if you have one? I'm going to shock you with this, my second album of the year because I've, I've publicly proclaimed this and I've, I've been trying to get everybody on this train, but... So the first thing, do albums matter? I think they still do. I think the they don't matter in the context like the the, the five mics, the source mic mic awards doesn't matter anymore. If you win Grammy for album of the year, does that really matter to the culture? I think culturally, albums don't matter in the same way. But I think that's a that's that's because of the society and and where we are. We're in a uh, hyper microwave air fryer culture where everything is like what can i do and get done quickly mm-hmm. and we're moving on like we it's content overload so you don't even have enough time to sit with sit with any album tv show movie before it's it's on to the next one because there's so much content and then you watching tiktok instagram youtube shorts like it's just content overload so it's hard to for for something to gain consistent traction back you know when album cycles used to be almost two years sometimes three if it was a big album and now it's you're lucky if it's two weeks or, or a month that people are still checking in on the album but i think delivering you still got to deliver albums in a in a way to service fans because singles if you're just a single artist single and a feature artist people don't really get your narrative and it's just like that, I think that's even more pressure. If, if people who just drop singles, 
And Cardi B. All I care about it. Cardi, but Cardi B has so much more going on that you bought into Cardi B. Okay. She just got. She also has good music. Think about Cardi B is like is I would say a mixed bag at best of her singles. Like, but go ahead. Singles, I don't want to throw you off. Drop. I don't want to throw you off. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was about to say OT Genesis. OT Genesis is a single dude. OT Genesis, if you look at his track record, he got some banging ass singles. He never put album out. Mm-hmm. But also. You're not thinking about OT Genesis. Are you a real fan? Like, no, you just like the songs he put out. So I think you still need to have albums to give fans and people who like you, like something to buy into, something for you to tour off of. If you want to really tour and be here for a long period of time, I think it's going to be interesting to see the people who've come out in the last few years since we've been in this new phase, how long, how well they fare in 10, 20 years, how well they fare. Are they going to be able to do the Legends of Hip Hop tour in 20 years or 15 years? Um, if they don't have albums, if they don't have, even if they're not classic albums, but they, you got to have some album cuts. Because think about some of your favorite songs from any of your favorite artists. Half the time, it's not just the singles. It's it's an album cut. It's a song that didn't get a video or a song that may have got a video but wasn't re- a main single. Um, but a lot of people, when you think about what your favorite songs, especially in rap, especially in rap, like those, those album cuts that you really liked, those collabs where they had posse cuts and things like that, that just weren't singles, Mm -hmm. but that's what made you more of a fan. And that's what you're going back and listen to outside of the thing that you, you try, they try to program you to love, which is the radio hit or the TikTok hit or things of that nature. So I think albums definitely still matter. They just don't they don't have the impact that like having a quote unquote classic album because like you're right, that classic or trash is like a terrible conversation, but I think that's what anything. People just people just don't want to see on criticism online anymore. So mm. but I mean I, I don't know. I, I I'm curious which do you think albums matter? Like what's what's the last album you didn't you've had on repeat, maybe from the last four or five years, or an album you revisit? outside of the the big single that everybody knows i think albums matter one i do think albums matter i do think and i'll say this particularly about what i've noticed with drake in particular is a lot of his shit will age better than you would expect it to in the moment it may not be mind-blowing but when i go back to i'm like okay all right i see the i see the actual body of work a little better Right. So I do think that happens Um, similar to the Kendrick album. Like I like the Kendrick album a lot. When I first got it, it was a little dense up front. When I first listened to it, I was like, okay, this shit heavy. This shit sound like I'm in his therapy sessions. You know, it was a lot double album, all of that shit. But then I would go back and more and more. I found myself going back, revisiting it. So I thought that was one of those really good albums. I thought the scissor album was a, a solid album. Uh, I thought the Killer Mike album is a solid album. Um, I'm trying to think who else has put out albums that I've revisited heavy. Um, I can't think of anything beyond those right now off the top of the head that I listen to like a full album. Um, you know, but I think that you know, we're talking about social media. I think that one thing about social media is since it's so congested and there's so many people with 
so many things to say that, you know, it's still a hot take era. So nuance doesn't move as fast as a hot take. So if you say that shit, trash, people are going to either attack you or they're going to agree. You know, but if you say, hey, you know, the the, the drums on number six could have been a little better. I felt like, you know what I mean? The songwriting on that niggas, nobody ain't trying to hear all that. Nobody trying to read all of that. But I'm not saying that that doesn't matter. And maybe again, like I'm 45, so I'm different. I grew up on, I just listened to the, the Diggable Planet, first Diggable Planets album just this, this past weekend. And I will say this, just on some other shit. There's a song on the new on the old Diggable, the first Diggable Plans album called La Femme Fatale, which is about abortion. And it's probably one of the most relevant records about abortion 30 years to this day, which is crazy to me. Blew my mind. But long story short, yes, albums. I would like to think albums still matter. But I on another level, I think podcasters, podcasts have killed the album. That's where a lot of people kind of devote a little bit of their attention span. And if we're going to listen to the music, we're going to listen to a playlist, we're going to listen to quick shit, whatever, whatever. But to hold the attention for a full album might be, it might not be in vogue in this moment. So that's, that's. You know what's killing the album? What? What I think is killing the album is this, is the streaming algorithm where cats got to drop 20 and 25 song albums. It's like the likelihood that you're going to, even the Drake did it with Scorpion, even CLB probably got like 18 to 20 songs or something, but they're trying to, they're trying to game the system for streaming. And now they're releasing so much mid or songs that would have never got released or at least got worked on more. But does that really work? Because even these albums with like 20 plus songs on there, there might be one or two that get added to these playlists. So it's like, but it works. It, it's 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 what they're doing is allowing for continual plays. Is that if you put let an album play and it got it only has say eleven songs, once I'm done with it, I'm moving on to the next thing. But if I I'm gonna get more streaming and more time listened, if I need to go through twenty songs, even if I don't like them, I'm giving twenty songs a listen versus eleven, uh. and that. I guess the numbers game there adds up to where it, it it literally comes down to streams and clicks and purchases and how how the money is paid out. Right. It it incentivizes, especially in hip hop, it it incentivizes cats to do longer albums, and I think that's killing it because you used to when you go back uh, thinking about Michael Jackson or somebody like that, he's got ten songs, eleven songs. But they're the best 10, 11 songs you could have ever made. And like they were carefully curated and tweaked and all all the care that goes into giving you the best music as opposed to, you know what, it's, it's content is king. And I'm going to still make like a song. Now I'm pretty sure artists, when they're thinking about the money that they can make and how they make money and how labels are thinking about money they can make, is like even if you give me a half-assed song, I'd rather put it out there because, yeah, it. they don't really care about it damaging the brand of the, the artist. They care about how many people are listening and streaming and how many different songs they can get and how much content they can get out there. So I think that's killing people's enthusiasm over the last few years. Plus, there's no album rollouts like it's such a crowded marketplace like everybody Beyonce set the standard and people all thought they were Beyonce can do a surprise album even but when Beyonce drops surprise album she'll drop a surprise she 
that first one was Eliminate, I think it was, or the one before that, the Beyonce, Beyonce album. It was but, Beyonce. Yeah, and she drop she drops the album and then drops a video for every single every single song, and they're they're all artistic, and she she still had a full rollout. Um, you know what I mean, like corporate collaborations, almost like a movie and stuff like that. But I think now that there's no rollout, there's little little anticipation. The videos, I mean, videos have gotten cheap for a while. There's nowhere to see videos outside of YouTube, so I got to actually look for it. It's not put in my face like it was on TRL or 106 and Park or even MTV Jam. So I'm not sitting around watching music videos. I'm not anticipating stuff like there's I think the album rollout. So their albums used to feel like events. Even if you did a rollout and your album didn't do well, at least it was still some kind of buildup. So there's no buildup. Then I, when I do get the album, it's got it's got 10 too many songs on it. So I'm, I'm less enthusiastic about listening to a whole album where you give me 20 tracks and it's like, man, it's an hour and a half. I ain't got an hour and a half. And like you said, people are listening to podcasts and YouTube and all that. I think it's killing the energy of the album. But you still, if you want to tour, you want to be here for a long time, you gotta, and you want to have real fans, you got to have an album. Otherwise, you just, you're going to get the short end of the stick in 20 years when all you can do is two or three singles. And you better hope your singles are so big, like you get your your singles are so big that people still want to hear you. And you know, I mean, once your career and once the spotlight's away from you, once you're out of you, you you too old. Mm. Okay. Um, you didn't answer my question. What was your album of the year? You said you got a my shocking album, album. Year, a shocking answer. My album of the year is Key Glock. Glaucoma 2, the deluxe version. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna challenge you. Go back and listen. Go, go. It came out. I think Glaucoma came out earlier this year, spring. Mm-hmm. And I've been a I'm a young doll super fan. If you look at my title, all time top played songs, like the top 10 is like five of them are young doll songs. And, and and one of them is a key glock song. Okay. But um, so I've always was hit to young Dolph. So I got hit to Key Glock because mm-hmm. it was his art, I mean, his nephew or cousin, and it was also his artist. But I wasn't like I wasn't on Key Glock for his first few albums and mixtapes. But something about I saw I saw the Rap Radar podcast interviewed him, mm-hmm. and they were bigging up they were bigging up the album like Yo, this is definitely your best body of work. And his his last his last album was Yellow Tape Two. And he had a couple songs on there that were big on TikTok, but also like Ambition for the Cash, Channel Five. I mean, he just he finds some banging ass beats, mm-hmm. and he actually got he, he has some great hooks, and he got some clever lines. It's not just all super street shit, but so. But when I saw that Rap Radar Rap Radar podcast come out early this year, I was like, let me go back and listen to Glaucoma because I liked I liked the first single. It was cool, but it wasn't nothing I was listening to. Then I found my song of the year. It's a song because it's called Work. Two minutes song. Uh, but that's been my motivational workout song when I'm like, you know, as you build in a business or you just all the different things you said I was involved in before. I need to you need those songs that get get you focused, get you hype. He's I would listen to that song work. Like it's it's a song that actually trans I'm over 40 now too. And I'm surprised that I'm liking the 24-year-old street artist uh from memphis but 
glaucoma too bangs like he i'm thinking the, the deluxe version may have like 18 17 songs mm-hmm. 13 to 14 of them are hits okay or at least they hit i don't think they'd be mainstream <laughs> hits uh-huh. they're not mainstream hits uh-huh. but and it's definitely car music. It's either car or really loud music. You, you got make sure you either, when you listen to it, you got some good speakers, mm-hmm. or if you got if you got you going somewhere for about 30, 45 minutes, put that joint in. Put the penny uh, two for one where he switches up the flow and switches up the beat in the song. Uh, Money over hoes, work, dirt, uh, Randy Orton, like. I can go on and on, but he's got he's got some uh, he's got some banger chromosome. Listen to that, watch that. The music video is dope. Chromosome, he just dropped that not too long ago. Um, I've just been on Key Glock for some reason. I I posted it on Instagram a few times. Mm-hmm. It's been I've been using I've been using a couple of those songs as like the, the the soundtrack to some of my Instagram videos. Like it's that that joint goes hard. He's got good lyrics. Like he's riding the beat well. He's got crazy beats, crazy beats, and it's and it's not all straight shoot 'em up type stuff where it's like, man, I can't connect to this because that that's not the life I'm living. I'm not. It's not the energy I got. But I think you should check out Glaucoma to the deluxe version. It's the blue cover. Yeah. The original one is a red cover, but Glaucoma. Because Glaucoma One was his first ever, his first ever like album mixtape he ever put out. So this is part two. Okay, that joint goes hard. All right, I, and I, I promise you, you'll see it on some like some lists at the end of the year in terms of like best rap albums of the year. Okay, I've it's heard straight rap though. No art, no R and B, none okay. of that. Yeah, I've heard. I had a friend of mine uh, big up this Key Glock project, so I'm going to check it out. Glaucoma Two, the the red the red cover. Check that no, the blue, the blue cover. No, the blue cover. Pardon me. The blue cover. Pardon. Pardon. Deluxe. The, the, Don't fuck the, it up. Deluxe version. The blue boy. All right. <laughs> Glaucoma too. Y'all what's check your, what's that out. What's your album of the year? Uh, like I said, I think right now it's probably Killer Mike's Michael. It might be. And the funny thing is, I don't even go back to it that often. You know, it's still it's still developing. But when I do go back to it, I find some other shit to it. And I just he just dropped a deluxe version. Speaking of deluxe versions and this, you know, typically sometimes when they do the deluxe shit, it just kind of be some old throwaway songs tacked on. And I feel like these songs that he tacked on actually added more to the project. So at the moment, it's probably Michael at the moment. I gotta, I gotta really sit with a, a lot of different things and revisit a few different things. But at the moment, my immediate choice is Michael. But I feel like, I feel like there's not much competition out there, album wise. There's a lot of cool songs out there, but album wise, I don't feel like there's a lot of competition. But y'all, let us know in the comments what's your album of the year, and do albums even matter? Let us know that. And um, yeah, shit. I think it's time for us to get out of here. Rest in peace to Winning Time. HBO uh, canceled that after two seasons. They did. Yeah, they canceled that shit. It's not coming back. Uh-huh. And the, the little finale kind of felt like they knew they was getting canceled. And they did a finale after seven episodes. HBO been real quick with that axe these past couple months. They chop his shit up. Get up out of here. Sorry. Take it easy. 
But uh, yeah, they when, ended that uh, they ended that uh, weekend show after like four episodes. The Idol, yeah, 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 a little bit yeah. more than four. Yeah, The Idol, yeah, they got that shit up out of here. It was, yeah, it could have been better, but you know, it was what it was. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, you know, Cam, tell the people where you gonna be at, where they can find you at, what you got, what you're looking forward to, and then we're gonna transform. Yo, uh, man, thanks again. I would say it, follow me on Instagram is my main social media. So Mr. Cameron Calvin, M-R-C-A-M-E-R-O-N, Calvin, C-A-L-V-I-N. You could also follow Hip Politics, Hip underscore Politics on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, or X, I should say, Facebook, the whole nine. Uh, Hip Politics Podcast Season 3 is in production. I got a couple great interviews already in the can. A few we're going to be interviewing Shine and Eric Sermon this week, um, actor Laz Alonzo, Congressman Jamal Bowman, a few other big names that still holding out for for Vice President Kamala Harris interview. I'm going to put that in the air. Hopefully that comes too. But uh, we're in production right now. Um, it's going to debut. Uh, it's going to debut soon, probably in the next, like I said, in, within the next month in terms of season three. There's been a lot of anticipation, but we got a got a full rollout coming for that. Um, this week, I'm I'm out in D.C. for this week. It is a Congressional Black Caucus Week's uh, annual conference, which is like Black Political Super Bowl. So um, check out. I'm, I'm moderating the hip hop and politics panel featuring like Kevin Lyles, Shine, Eric Sermon. Uh, we got a ton of events. Rick Ross will be out here. Monica, Beanie Siegel, Freeway, Diddy, Quavo. Um, a lot of different uh, stuff for this conference over the next couple of weeks. Uh, and then I'm going my first European trip in a week. Starting next week, I'm going headed out to France, mm. go see Usher. Okay. And uh, go see Usher and also do a surprise uh, podcast interview while I'm out there. So I'm excited about that. Um, but again, yeah, tap in, tap into the hip politics movement or tap into me, Mr. Cameron Calvin. Um, you know, we going into and I would say they're gonna find me back on your podcast. Find me and, or if you ever you ever need any questions or as we heat up into the political season, don't I would the one last message I would say to, to, to all the listeners is that I know we're looking at 2024, but there's elections and things going on this November around mm. the country now. So mm. tap in every year, even in the off years of, of, of where your local elections are happening. Um, I'm on the voting train. I think it still matters. I know it still matters. Uh, so I'm always going to be on that soapbox and making sure people staying at least engaged and making sure their voices are registered and counted. And even after voting, making sure people are staying up on their local officials, staying up on on their community leaders, because um, there's Diddy said it best. There's no he's been over the hill. There's no help coming. So mm. we got to all these problems we want. We got to fix them ourselves. But uh, having a little fun with it you know and I mean? trying to trying to bring the culture, trying to make sure the culture recognizes its power and, and uh and helps and also help monetize a little bit of that, too. Dope. Dope, dope, dope. Yeah, follow that, man. You know, that's our political correspondent. Hit politics. A lot of things going on over there. Uh, for me, you could find me this weekend. I'll be at Stand Up New York on Saturday on the 8 p.m. show. Check that out. I told y'all I'm coming out to D.C. next year 
February DC Improv. Tickets are on sale now, though. So we want to sell that shit out. So go ahead and get that going. I'll be at the Borgata next month. As soon as the tickets are available, I'll put that up on the site. Uh, Michigan, I'm working on something for y'all. That'll be soon to be announced. Same thing with Philly. That'll be announced soon. Just keep an eye out on, you know, DamianLemon.com. And obviously listen here and I'll keep you informed. And look, until next time, tell a friend to tell a friend. And even an enemy. To get in the conversation. We out. Thing of it all is to be in a conversation.